Welcome to the Daily Bite. I'm your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. Today we study Leviticus chapter 21. And Yahweh said to Moses, Speak to the priests, the sons of Aaron, and say to them, No one shall make himself unclean for the dead among his people, except for his closest relatives, his mother, his father, his son, his daughter, his brother, or his virgin sister, who is near to him because she has no husband. For her he may make himself unclean. He shall not make himself unclean as a husband among his people, and so profane himself. They shall not make bald patches on their heads, nor shave off the edges of their beards, nor make any cuts on their body. They shall be holy to their God, and not profane the name of their God. For they offer the Yahweh's food offerings, the bread of their God. Therefore they shall be holy. They shall not marry a prostitute or a woman who has been defiled, Neither shall they marry a woman divorced from her husband, for the priest is holy to his God. You shall sanctify him, for he offers the bread of your God. He shall be holy to you, for I, Yahweh, who sanctify you, am holy. And the daughter of any priest, if she profanes herself by whoring, profanes her father, she shall be burned with fire. The priest who is chief among his brothers, on whose head the anointing oil is poured, and who has been consecrated to wear the garments, shall not let the hair of his head hang loose, nor tear his clothes. He shall not go in to any dead bodies, nor make himself unclean, even for his father or for his mother. He shall not go out of the sanctuary, lest he profane the sanctuary of his God, for the consecration of the anointing oil of his God is on him. I am Yahweh, and he shall take a wife in her virginity. A widow, or a divorced woman, or a woman who has been defiled, or a prostitute, these he shall not marry. But he shall take as his wife a virgin of his own people, that he may not profane his offspring among his people, for I am Yahweh who sanctifies him. And Yahweh spoke to Moses, saying, Speak to Aaron, saying, None of your offspring throughout their generations, who has a blemish, may approach to offer the bread of his God. For no one who has a blemish shall draw near. A man blind or lame, or one who has a mutilated face or a limb too long, or a man who has an injured foot or an injured hand, or a hunchback or a dwarf, or a man with a defect in his sight, or an itching disease, or scabs, or crushed testicles. No man of the offspring of Aaron the priest who has a blemish shall come near to offer Yahweh's food offerings. Since he has a blemish, he shall not come near to offer the bread of his God. He may eat the bread of his God, both of the most holy and of the holy things, But he shall not go through the veil or approach the altar, because he has a blemish, that he may not profane my sanctuaries, for I am Yahweh who sanctifies them. So Moses spoke to Aaron and to his sons and to all the people of Israel. This is the word of the Lord. So today's chapter deals with the priestly tribe again, and is the law about holiness for the priests, and how they are to remain set apart before the people and before the Lord. The first thing we deal with here is death. To go near the dead is to make yourself unclean. Now we have to remember that a priest daily is serving the Lord in his, well, temple later, tabernacle at first. He's serving the Lord in his house. He's offering sacrifices on behalf of the people. He's going 
into the house of God to care for the things of the temple or tabernacle. The priest cannot be unclean or he cannot perform his duties. Right? You cannot bring uncleanness into the house of the Lord. That would be punishable by death in itself. So, for the priests, there is then the, the rule about not going near dead people. Even, you know, you think of a funeral, going to the funeral for relatives with exceptions. Verse 2 gives us exceptions for the priest, not the high priest. Uh, the high priest will be different from the priest in many of the things of this chapter. So for, for any ordinary priest, that's not even the right word, right? They're set apart. They're holy. But for any priest who is not the high priest, he can attend to the dead body of his parents, so father or mother, of his children, his son or daughter, of a brother or an unmarried sister. If she's married, it's her husband's responsibility to do, not his. So he, he can do those, those few exceptions. Verse 4 gives us the reason, right? He shall not make himself unclean as husband among his people and so profane himself. He is husband among his people. We are instructed to look at this, we're invited to look at this as the priest is being the spiritual head of his community. He is the husband, he is the spiritual head, the spiritual leader. And so the, the community is to follow his lead just as a wife is to follow the lead of her husband. That's Genesis 1 and 2. It's Ephesians 5. Uh, it's a commonality in Scripture, the way that God speaks. So you might then ask yourself or ask your children, who is the spiritual head in your community? Who is the spiritual head in your home? In your home, it is God given to be the, the husband and the father. There are times where that's not the case. There are times when uh, there isn't a husband or a father in that home, in which case the mother fills that role. There are times where the husband in that home isn't Christian, in which case the mother has to fill the spiritual head role while at the same time still following the lead of her husband in other things. So this is the way the Lord has designed it to work so we can see some overlap for us in this as we would talk about it, but the uncleanness part, not really fitting to us, but the, the headship is. All right, so the, the priest is the head of the people in this way, and because of that, he cannot become unclean because he needs to care for them. He has to provide, he has to bring their sacrifices before Yahweh so that their sins may be forgiven. Now, verse 5, these are things of grief, bald patches on the head, shaving the edges of the beard, cuts on the flesh. That's, an, that's one that we've seen actually in recent days forbidden of all people, not just the priest. That they should not make cuts on the flesh was in chapter 19 as well as tattoos on the body. Verse 6 then, um, they are called to be holy. They're holy to God. And verse 7 is the reason, right? They offer Yahweh's food offerings. The one who touches those things cannot be unclean in doing so. Then, starting with verse 7, we see the law of marriage for the priest. That priests are able to get married. They can marry a woman of their people, but there are some restrictions. 
If the woman has served as a prostitute, they can't. If she has been defiled, um, so she's been made unclean by other men in some way, if um, she's divorced, he can't marry. So the priest then is restricted to marry a virgin or a widow. Those would be the list for the typical priest. I did it again, ordinary, typical. The set-apart priest, I mean, just not the high priest. The high priest list is going to be even shorter of who he can marry. So he is holy. The people are to sanctify him. He's the one that offers your sacrifices to God. You should help him stay holy. That's an interesting thing that we could talk about in today's perspective as well. If you talked about the spiritual headship of your community, that's your pastor. How can you help your pastor stay holy? How can you help your pastor stay set apart? And we don't have the clean and unclean laws today, so this would be a conversation of how do you help your pastor stay strong in his faith? How do you encourage him in his faith? That's probably what this would be for us to parallel with. So he is the guy that you have called in your community to make sure that the forgiveness of sins is always put before you, always put in front of you through God's word, through his sacraments. That's his role. So how do you keep him holy? Pray for him. So have this conversation among yourselves, but I'll give you some tips, some ideas. Pray for your pastor. If your pastor has a family, so if he's married or he has kids, make sure that you love on them together. If your pastor's not married, try to show him love by involving him in in the life of your family so that he is not struck with loneliness and the devil's temptations in that regard. Care for your pastor physically. Help encourage him in in ways that you can. Uh, Make sure he's fed and sheltered. Those sorts of things, the basic needs. Make sure those are met so that he is free to serve uh, and not have those things hanging over his head as he tries. Um, That would probably be another one. Seek to resolve conflict with peace because those things will cause him anxiety in his work. He'll have a harder time preaching God's word to you clearly if he's concerned that the people of the church are are after him and thinking that he's not a good teacher or preacher or or whatever it may be, that they're going to try and take his job from him. Pray for him that he's free of worries. Those are some ideas, some thoughts that I would offer um, to you. But see what you can brainstorm together in your family and, and honestly take it to your larger family, right? That is the congregation brothers and sisters in Christ in one place. Have that discussion. See how you can care for your pastor as he seeks to care for you with the holy things of God. Returning to our text then, we are at verse 8. He shall be holy to you, so set apart. That's what we're looking at. Uh, For I, Yahweh, sanctify you. I am holy. All right, now verse 9 is going to take us to a bit of a different topic. As the priest is holy, so his family should be as well set apart. And so if his daughter is giving herself into adultery or prostitution, she is to be killed because she is she's defiling the work that her father seeks to do on behalf of the congregation. She is going to, to color the way that the congregation, the way that the community sees 
her father's service. I don't want to put a lot of weight into that today. I know it has been done, and many pastors' children have struggled with this one, right? Um, they, there's a phrase that PKs, as it's abbreviated to pastor's kid, PKs often talk about how life growing up was like living in a fishbowl. They were concerned that they were being watched all the time and that if they did something wrong, if they slipped up, dad would be judged for it. That's a real thing for pastor's kids. So as part of that idea of supporting your pastor before, um, love on your pastor's kids. I think I said that already, but I'm just bringing it back up here um, because it's fitting. Uh, We don't have anything like this today in the way that we treat our pastors and our pastor's children. Um, If my daughters, I have four of them, if they were to sin grievously against the Lord um, in some way, shape, or form, yes, they would bear that consequence, whatever that might be, but it wouldn't reflect back on me as a pastor. So there's a distinction here, Old Testament versus the New Testament life of the church. We shift into the high priest now at this point. His laws are going to be different because he is the high priest. He is set apart even amongst the priests. So he is to not let the hair of his head hang loose. That's a, that's a grief thing again. He doesn't go into any dead body to make himself unclean. No exceptions, not even for his parents. No one. It's interesting. The list of closest relatives for the priest did not include their wives. I hadn't thought of that. It doesn't include a wife here either. I mean, the high priest cannot go in for anyone. He cannot make himself unclean for anyone because he is the high priest. He is the one who goes into the veil, through the veil, into the holy of holy place where the ark of God is, the throne of God sits. So he must remain clean at all times. He is not to go out of the sanctuary lest he profane the sanctuary. So he leaves that holy place and somehow becomes unclean outside of it and brings that back in. The challenge to this is verse 13, that he takes a wife. I mean, if you were to stop reading before he got to verse 13, you would come to believe that the high priest must live in the tabernacle and never leave, or in the New Testament time, well, later Old Testament and into the New Testament, living in the temple and never leaving. But he's got a wife, and together they'll have children because one of the children becomes the next high priest, right? So we've already read back in, what chapter was that? It's been several chapters. The, The laws of bodily discharge. That was that was chapter 15. So when a husband and a wife have sex together, they are unclean until the evening. So the high priest is going to become unclean sometimes, but he has to really limit that to the best of his ability. So not living directly in the temple here, but living close to it and serving in it daily, remaining in it most of the time. His laws on marriage are stricter. The priest could marry a virgin or a widow. The high priest can only marry a virgin, not even a widow. Um, So this is even more, again, set apart, a distinction. 
Now, as we talk about that, I forgot to mention earlier, now this is in opposition to the Roman Catholic Church today who teaches that their priests cannot be married. Um, their argument for that, the theological basis that I have heard sometimes, is that it is like the priest is married to the church and he has um, all that work to do for the sake of God and his kingdom. And if he were to marry somebody outside the church, then he would have to spend that time caring for them and he would not have the time to serve the church. That's the argumentation for it I've typically heard. Um, maybe they have a more profound reasoning, but as Lutherans, we reject that idea and we allow our pastors to marry um, because we see texts like this um, or the text in the pastoral epistles from Paul where he talks about how they, the husband of one wife is what the overseer should be. So we don't, we don't hold to that. That would be about half of Christianity, though, that fits the Roman Catholic Church. So that's a common teaching today. All right, verse 16 and onward. We then have one more rule to learn about the priesthood and holiness here in this chapter today, and that is that if they have a blemish, a physical defect of some kind, they cannot come into the temple and offer sacrifices. They are restricted from that because they are not, I don't want to say perfect because none of us are perfect, but they are more broken and in that brokenness they are not to come before the Lord. And so we get examples, right? Blindness, um, lame, so they can't walk, not just they're not cool, right? As that word has been used in American history. Mutilated in the face, so some kind of a wound to the face. Uh, If one of their limbs is too long, it's an interesting thing. What would make it too long? What would be the definition there? Injury to a hand or a foot. So that one would be temporary, right? Because those, if they're not permanent, would heal and they could return to work. But if it's a, a permanent injury, so like they, they, they lose a finger or something like that, the hunchback or dwarf, defect in sight, so trouble with sight, blurred vision, itching disease, scabs, Or, the last on the list, crushed testicles, so he's not capable of having offspring. Those are the deformities mentioned, the the blemishes mentioned, that would keep a man from being able to serve in the role of a priest. He can still eat the food that is set aside for the priest. So God is still going to provide for him and care for him. But just as you are not to bring an animal with a blemish to sacrifice, so the one who is doing the sacrifices cannot have a blemish because Yahweh our God is holy. I am Yahweh who sanctifies them. This is the Lord's law, and it was for his people to follow. Up until the time of Christ, who was that unblemished, right? The lamb without blemish, who took away the sins of all the world. And that, that changed history. Three.